Hey everybody, happy Easter! He is risen. Oh, some of you don't know about that. There's a traditional Christian greeting at this time of year, at the Easter time of year, where one person declares he is risen, and then the congregation or the other person or whatever responds back, he is risen indeed. It's a really ancient tradition, it's really beautiful, so let's give it a try. Say it back, say it to your screen, write it in the comments, whatever you'd like to do. He is risen. Awesome. Thanks, you guys. I don't know about you, but I'm really struggling with us being apart. I'm pretty much an introvert, so staying home isn't that big a deal. And I've got two little kids, so I'm never bored. But not getting to preach to your faces and getting that response as we praise God together, it's been really hard for me. So today, if you would encourage me, whenever I say something that resonates with you, if you would type amen in the comments or whatever you'd like to say, the praise God, that would really help me. Our passage for today is Luke 24, verses 13 to 35. This is the Emmaus Road passage. You may be familiar. The, the quick background to this section of scripture is that Jesus has been crucified. He's already risen from the dead. The women went to the tomb to anoint his body with spices, but they found it empty. And then Peter went to go check the tomb also, and he also found it empty because of course. And this is where we pick up our story, starting in verse 13. Luke 24, verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked. About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. What is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening, the day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us? While he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven, and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way, and how Jesus was recognized them, was recognized by them when he broke the bread. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, thank you for this Easter season. Thank you for the sacrifice and resurrection of your Son, Lord. We thank you that he did rise from the dead, God, and that without that, I don't know that Good Friday would be good, Lord. This is what it's all about, 
Today, Easter, your victory over death, the forces of evil, rescuing us from our sin. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. We ask that you would open your word to us and that we would leave your presence different than we came into it. In your name we pray. Amen. This feels like a disappointing season. I don't know about you, but the staff of Elam, we were getting real excited for Easter when all this social distancing stuff came down. Now Easter looks really different. We don't get to engage in the special presentations. We don't get to gather for special services. We don't hear one another singing songs or even exchange Easter baking. Some churches were looking forward to move into new buildings or celebrating anniversaries in this season. Maybe your family had an anniversary or a birthday that you were looking forward to celebrating. Our son turned three at the end of March, and that was really disappointing because this was the first year he was really aware of what was going on. You should have seen him. On his birthday, he woke up and I came into his room and he wanted to sing happy birthday right away. He was so happy. We still had birthday for him, but not getting to have a party with family and friends that love him, well, it hurt. And to be really honest with you guys, I often find the way we celebrate Easter in our society disappointing in general. Maybe you can relate. Let me know in the comments if I'm saying stuff that resonates with you. I think we can all agree Easter is the most important holiday in the Christian calendar, but it doesn't usually feel special, especially this year when the joy of being together and celebrating the resurrection with songs and greetings and being together just can't happen. I mean, compare it to Christmas, the other big holiday, but that isn't nearly as important. I mean, Christmas has this whole lead up with Advent and decorations, and it's a big deal to get together with family at Christmas. In our Protestant evangelical tradition, we've kind of done away with the lead up season to Easter, which is Lent. I don't know about you guys, I wasn't planning on giving up quite this much for Lent. We often get together with family at Easter, but it's not seen as important as getting together at Christmas. Like, it's not as important, right? It's still important, but it's not as important. And of course, there's the cultural obsession with Christmas that involves the gift giving, and hiding Easter chocolates just doesn't duplicate that. But it's more than that. I feel like with Easter, it often doesn't feel special because of our perspective. Either we're somehow tired of the message, or we're expecting to see such joy celebrated all around us, but not. We see lots of joy at Christmas all around us, but not at Easter, and it, that's harder. There's a movie that came out when I was growing up. It was very popular. It was called The Incredibles. It's about a family of superheroes. They're forced to retire, and then they come out of retirement to stop a bad guy, all while dealing with the family drama of trying to keep their identities secret and still be a family. Two of the characters are teenagers. It's lots of fun. At one point, the villain reveals that his plan is, surprisingly, to give everyone superpowers. And he's got a pretty memorable line. When everyone's super, no one will be. And it's kind of like that in church. Because, truth be told, isn't every Sunday Easter Sunday in church? Don't we spend every week talking about the marvelous complexity of God's love for us? Is there really a Sunday where we don't talk about the fact that Jesus rose from the dead, that the power of God to forgive your sins and raise you to new life in him is available to anyone who wants it? Which is amazing. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled that the themes of grace and forgiveness and new life are constants throughout the year. 
These are crucial and life-changing themes, and they deserve to get pounded every week because they are what will feed us and bring us closer to God and lead us to be his hands and feet in the world. But when it comes time to actually have Easter, well, when every Sunday is Easter, then no Sunday is Easter. How do we celebrate something that's a weekly or daily reality for many of us? I don't have a silver bullet, a perfect, easy answer for you. The only thing I can offer is this. How can we find ourselves in this story? And in fact, I think this season of social distancing, disappointment, and dashed hopes is exactly what we need to help us find ourselves in the story of Easter. You see, it's easy for us to be disappointed right now in this season when we're separated from one another. The truth is we are together, just in a different way. Even though we don't know when this season of social distancing is really going to end, we do know it's not going to go on forever. There will come a day, sooner rather than later, when we're all going to be released from our homes, allowed to return to our jobs, we'll be able to go out and eat, take as long as we want at the mall, we'll be able to shake hands when we meet someone new. But this uncertainty can help us relate to the uncertainty that was facing the disciples and the people of God more generally during the first century, when Jesus and the apostles were walking the earth physically. You see, they'd been under the occupation of a foreign power, the Roman Empire, for nearly a century already. Before that, they'd been the possession of various Greek states, the Seleucids, the Ptolemies, you probably know them as Syria and Egypt. Those are basically the same countries, the same areas. They were under Syria and Egypt for centuries, and before that they'd been under Persia and Babylon. The people of God had not been free in their own land for a very long time. They'd also suffered under the slavery of their sin for generations. Although they had the temple and the sacrificial system, they all understood that they were waiting for a day when God would make that system obsolete and deal with sin himself. They were waiting for the day promised by Isaiah in chapter 25, where God promised to set out a great banquet for all the peoples of the earth with fine wine and the best foods, but something else would be on that table, and only God would eat that dish. On that plate was death, which Isaiah calls the sheet that covers all nations, and God will swallow up death forever. They were waiting for the one like a son of man promised by Daniel, who would take his seat beside the Ancient of Days and would subdue the evil warring nations of the world. They were waiting for the seed of the woman, promised in the earliest chapters of Genesis, who would crush the head of the serpent and restore humanity to the Edenic state for which we were intended. And here's Jesus, a man who speaks of God as his own father, a man who works mighty deeds and proclaims himself the fulfillment of what the prophets had written. Surely now must be the time, and then he dies, nailed to a Roman execution rack, which we call a cross. The sadness, frustration, and disappointment would have been unlike anything we've experienced because the hope that had been promised was so far above what we're used to hoping. The disciples walking on the Emmaus Road told their new traveling companion, we had hoped he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. That was Luke 24, 21. 
The disciples' disappointment ran deep. It hurt. It bled. Is that where you're at today? Mourning the hopes you'd had. Maybe they were dashed because of COVID-19, but maybe, maybe you're mourning something deeper. A good friend of ours recently marked the one-year anniversary of her husband walking out on her and her children. Another couple we know recently remembered the anniversary of the day their daughter came into the world sleeping. Maybe you're mourning something much deeper than just your ability to go out for wings whenever you feel like it. And maybe more than that, you're wondering why should God care? You feel like you're nobody and that you don't matter. But our passage today has good news for those of us who feel like we don't matter. The two disciples in this passage, they're nameless unknowns. Well, we learn one of their names, it's Cleopas, but we've never heard of him before and we don't hear about him again. Who are these people, these so-called disciples who are walking away from the place where they're supposed to be? They could be you or me on the days when we are discouraged and disappointed, couldn't they? Do you see yourself there? I see myself there. The resurrection was happening in Jerusalem. Jesus was going to appear in the upper room in Jerusalem. The spirit was going to come in Jerusalem, but they are going to Emmaus. We're not even sure where Emmaus was. That's how much of a little nothing town this was. And yet Jesus appears to them. He doesn't just appear briefly either. Jesus is only on the earth for 40 days until he ascends to heaven. And he spends the entire seven mile walk with them, probably about three hours. In their doubt, in their disappointment, in their namelessness, I mean, these weren't any of the main disciples, but still Jesus came to them. And so it can be for you. God isn't limited by social distancing. God isn't too busy. And God hasn't forgotten about you. See, the disciples were deeply disappointed by the death of their Lord. That's too tame a word. They were devastated. Maybe you've been devastated this week or this month. You've watched your hopes hang and die like the disciples did. But the hope that sprang from that disappointment. When Jesus stood before them, resurrected flesh and blood, standing in the upper room, what joy, what relief. The hope that came in that day, it overwhelmed everything else. Those disciples, Peter, James, John, all the others, they couldn't help but share the hope that they'd found, that Jesus had defeated evil and God had begun to make all things right in the world. That hope spread like wildfire throughout Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. It happened 2,000 years ago, but every April or March at Easter, we celebrate the wonder again. Disappointment pales compared to the miraculous wonder of Jesus rising from the dead. What about you? Have you seen the resurrection power of God in your own life? Have you seen God bring your life up from the grave before? Can you, like the song Amazing Grace, Declare boldly that his grace hath brought me safe thus far, and grace shall lead me home. The worst thing that we can do in hard times is forget all of the times that God has come through for us before. How can you do that? How can you remember? Do you need to put a mason jar on top of your fridge and write a note in it every time God does something in your life? Do you need to hang a whiteboard by your front door so you see it every time you leave? What is it that you need to do to help you remember God's faithfulness and the hope that only he brings when all around you appears to be darkness. Let's all remember that God has done 
Let's remember all that God has done as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus this Easter season. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for Easter. Thank you for hope. Thank you for joy. Thank you for the promise of being together once again, Lord. As, as we wait for the return of your son for his second coming, we also wait for the return of our gathering as a local body, Lord. We thank you for the chance to meet together through technology. We thank you for the chance to message one another and to call one another and to not be alone in the world. We thank you especially that your spirit doesn't leave us alone, Lord. That we may feel alone, but that you haven't left us alone even for a moment. Be with us as we go. In your name, amen. Hey, I know this Easter, this isn't the Easter celebration that any of us were hoping for or expecting, but God is still at work and he's listening and he's close and he's walking near like on the road to Emmaus. We, the staff at Elam Chapel, want to promise everyone that when we're able to gather again, our first Sunday back is going to be a giant Easter celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. And until then, may we wait in hope. God bless you all. He's risen.